It's been uh, I hope you don't mind, but it's uh, it's it's about that time. No, I totally <laughs> understand, love dude. Love it. This this whole channel is called Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling. So I, 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 I cover all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all good. <laughs> oh my god, that's fucking great, man. It's so so nice to meet you, dude. I'm a huge fan of yours, and I can't believe I I'd thrown your name out there and my manager's like, Are you like are you serious? And I was like, Why? Like, it's like I was like, is he not gonna? And he was like, no. He's like, I know, like I know them. And I was like, he's like, you talk about the one band that I've actually like hung out with. And I was uh, like, that's oh, great. I know. I was actually, you know, we hadn't talked in ages, me and Billy. Uh-huh. And uh, he told me you were doing this, and I said, yeah, I'd love to do it. And he goes, how about St. Patrick's Day? I was like, oh Jesus, uh, that's, <laughs> that's that's the only day of the entire year since COVID that I'm actually doing something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I was doing a bunch of things earlier on today. And so then he said to me, well, what about seven o'clock? And my big fear was, will I be able to keep it together until seven o'clock at night? Because <laughs> I, I started at 5.30 a.m. this morning with some East Coast stuff. Oh, and uh, and we, were, we were doing stuff. And all I kept thinking was, gee, will I? And I've realized that I always thought gigging, you know, playing two or three gigs on St. Paddy's Day was exhausting. It's got nothing on doing interviews all day where you ha- actually have to keep your shit together. Yes. You, know, you can get up on stage at 10 o'clock on Paddy's night and people are so hammered. Right. I could, I could get up there and just go, bleh, 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 bleh. and everybody <laughs> would be like, yeah. You know, it's the, it's the one year you don't have a critical audience. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but I'm delighted to say lads that this is the first, first Jameson. Oh, Beautiful. Oh, of this hour. I should grab and, a drink. Uh, <laughs> and yes, it's, uh, I just, if you don't mind, it is, I'm considering this the fun interview of the day. Yes. The, the relaxed one. And perhaps the most shit-faced. So yeah. just, oh, beautiful. I was going to say, I don't, know if, I don't know if you've noticed the uh, octopus monster with a gun to my head. <laughs> See, <laughs> As without, my background. Without glasses on, I thought that was a fucking bagpipe, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me blow into it i'll fucking do it dude. <laughs> that's what she said last night all right off you go sorry sorry lads Terrible. it, it oh, is late man. it is late perfect. yeah it's perfect i'm gonna grab so how- it myself sorry yeah do it dude yeah. I see I look gonna- i'm a, I'm a terrible influence now you know why i'm still in the business look what i do to people <laughs> yeah i wouldn't if mind I- a- he'll admit that he hasn't had a drink in 20 years now this is the worst part. <laughs> This is the uh, night it all falls apart. That's right. <laughs> the bandwidth is long gone. We're all on here for way too long. Absolutely uh, phenomenal. Um, yeah. So when when did you? So you you haven't been touring? Have you been touring at all? Nothing like you've been COVID. No, we, and yeah, right? we did our last show on March thirteenth of twenty twenty uh, in Boise, Idaho. It's funny we, wow. we had a we had a whole tour, America tour that was going to end in Salt Lake. And okay. then straight to Dublin overnight with 150 Americans meeting us at Dublin Airport who Shit. would have come on the tour with us and then finish it back in Dublin and then straight to Miami for the Moody Blues cruise that we've been oh, doing for the last few yes. years. And with a brand new bass player who just worked his arse off to get, you know, tight and all the rest. He was our, it was a great story. He's a, he still is our bass player, but he was our crew guy 20 years ago and wow. uh, had ret- you know, left, left work on the road and, gone on to other things living in Hawaii and then yeah. he heard that our bass player uh, of 18 years was quitting and uh, wow. or actually sorry bass player of 28 years Jesus uh, <laughs> and uh, and he said I want to try out and I thought you can't you live in Hawaii and it's like I'll move to California we'll we'll sort of we'll get this together and so he was heading out on 
you know, his first ever international tour with a band. And we got to do, I think, eight shows. And we got to Boise, Idaho. We released video that night of the gig, and it was like 800 people on each other's shoulders and stuff. We'd, we'd actually sold, I think it was sold out at 1,200, but at that point, the COVID thing was starting to really get out there. Yeah. And so we were going, is this really still a, you know, is this real? What's going on? We're still gigging. And people were saying, and we were told that night, you may be the only show happening in America right now. And that didn't make, that wasn't something where you went, woohoo. Right. You, sort, you, you sort of thought, what the hell are we doing? Is this nuts? Right. And uh, so we went on stage and everybody, you know, Idaho obviously had very low numbers compared to most places yeah. anyway, but they, they were going bananas. And we videoed, you know, somebody was videoing from the, from the crowd with their phones and all, and everything got posted the next day. And it was like the beginning of the shaming uh, <laughs> where, wow. where people were like, what were you guys thinking? And I'm like, we yeah. weren't, you know, we, yeah. we were at the airport drinking Bloody Mary's on the way back the next day. And that was it. And I've been sitting where you see me now. Yeah. Trying, trying to uh, keep myself, keep my calluses on my fingers for the last year. I'd, and, uh, if that isn't a metaphor for what, what, what we've been doing to keep our careers going is like, like I'm <laughs> beautiful. I feel the same it's our way. <laughs> yeah, keep our <laughs> exactly our careers are our calluses. It's the same way, man. Like I never wanted to be at a desk in front of a fucking you know computer all day long. But no touring. This is what this is what it's come down to. So it's either yeah. I started out doing the same thing where you're like doing interviews and shit like that, and then finally Scott, you know, uh, um, Scott Curtis and I, like Tom, I did Scott Curtis's interview in the beginning of the pandemic, who was just on, and yeah. then he had a, he had a started his during the pandemic, and then we met Tom. Tom's my producer is down there. Um, he's a great great guy uh he could like brought all these other comics together to like form a channel called drinks yeah. storytelling and then i was being super lazy about this podcast and i had come up with the idea for dystopia tonight because we're all living in a fucking dystopia absolutely and, you know so but the then, great names perfect thank you thank you i was like come on we got to acknowledge it like every every newspaper article i was reading at the time too was like dystopia 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 so i was like i'm gonna take that and yeah. I'm going to do something with it. Um, but yeah, on uh, uh, March 13th, same thing for me. I did, I was doing, uh, uh, I was in the Midwest and I was making my way back to New York. My last show was in New York on the 13th and did kind of like the same thing where like, as it started getting closer, every gig I had, we were like joking about, you know, I think I was looking back on the tapes because I like tape my sets too. Yeah, like, yeah. And it was kind of like mentioning COVID, joking around, like, ha ha, oh my God, we're all going to get it. And then by the time I hit New York and they were like, if you're in New York, you probably fucking have it. So yeah. I had to like quarantine and I was like, oh shit, is this fucking happening right now? And the next day we fucking locked down. Absolutely. And it, yeah. it's, it's funny that you say that because I was doing the same thing on the 13th. I literally went on stage. We did the first couple of tracks, songs, and we get the, you know, and I start doing my little spiel for the first time. And I said... Boise, Idaho, how you doing? I always say, how the fuck are you? Yeah. And everybody goes, yeah. And I go, I can't think of a nicer bunch of people to catch the virus from. And, <laughs> and, and, and everybody cheered. And then yeah. I was horrified afterwards, days later. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, it's yeah. like in New York going, you know, hey, grab a shovel. We're digging graves out on the island. You know, it's like, Jesus Christ, no, we're really digging graves out. Right. I mean, it, it was just, it, yeah. it, went, it went from kind of funny to dead serious. It and did. So, so much so that. I have no recollection of last Paddy's day. I, I would have I would have landed back here on the 14th. And I remember doing a couple of little posts uh, joking around about, you know, having I, I had gathered a load of booze on a table 
Yeah. And, and I said, you know, heading into lockdown, and I had Jameson and wine and pints of Guinness, and then I had a potato on a toilet roll. Uh, and, I, and, and I was like, ready to go, you know, bring on your worst or something. Right. And then that's all I really can remember of that month. And, right. then, and then the panic of, you know, we're all, we're all self-employed. This is what we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, how do we get help? What, and it was so confusing and they hadn't got us ready yet for self-employed people. And I mean, it was a, it was one of those brain numbing months where yeah. I only, I only really remember what I started doing mid April. As I yes. started to try to get it, uh, to get it back into into you know like Bleh. okay, I've got to turn now and start embracing the internet more. And I mean, I didn't have it, a single clue about how to right. broadcast anything. I mean, you know, obviously you can tell from the from the beard that this band started prior to the internet. And uh, <laughs> you know, Dude, I'm still I'm I, still worried about what could be the fucking internet. <laughs> yeah, no, I so, hear you, man. Yeah, I'm like, this is all, I always say this all the time, but like, this is all COVID hair. You know what I mean? Like, my hair was like <laughs> relatively, you know, I mean, it was always a little long, but never like fucking Mary Tyler Moore. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll just, no, but I don't. I, I wouldn't have known. It looks great. They, oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm yeah, but it is the same thing where like a bunch of us were like, oh, we don't, who, who are we doing this? For? You know, I'm not, I'm not going on stage. I'm not doing acting shit. And your you know? job, I mean, your job is way more, more difficult because I'm a huge fan of comedians there. I, I I literally, you know, I grew up in Ireland with with a dad that was a massive joker, and oh, nice. uh, so then this was long before, you know. It's funny stand up in Ireland and in England, as you well know, it was mm -hmm. jokes. It was yes. jokes. Walked into a pub yesterday, you know, guy comes up to me, you know, and it was this yeah. big joke, and it was joke after joke. But then all of a sudden, American comedians started to surface in Ireland who had that more, uh, and what what do you guys call it? Uh, Observational. Observational comedy, mm -hmm. and there's a guy, great guy in Ireland called Tommy Tiernan. I love who, Tommy Tiernan. Yeah, to, Tommy was like the first that I heard actually doing that. You know, talking about Irish people and yeah, and telling jokes like that. Um, but I can do, you know, I can play a gig in a in a record store to launch an album or something to ten people. I, mm -hmm. I can I can do a gig. I can play on the radio, and you know, you finish a song and you go cool to tell a joke and get no feedback. It is oh. extremely difficult. So I yeah. know a lot a lot of the comedians were like yourself. I'm sure you've heard all this stuff where you were offered gigs in car parks or, or gigs where they were trying to open it up again. Yep. But it's just not the same. You no, know, it's not. You, you breed off and, and and music is the same. It's way nicer to have an audience. Yeah. Which but but at least it translates to this format a little easier than stand-up does, I think. Yeah, you're you're I I, I was envy my friends uh, I have a bunch of friends who are musician who were in the, you've done New Jersey before. So I've seen you here. Yeah. Right? I've 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 played Hoboken many, okay. many a time and upstate New Jersey. Well, yes. I was gonna say I've seen you in Hoboken. That's where I did see you, but I wasn't yeah, sure if yeah. you've done Asbury or not. Have you done Asbury Park? We played uh what's that venue? There's a famous venue. The Stone Pony Corner. Stone Pony. Yeah, okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've, it's funny because, you know, bands always think you can play Manhattan and New Jersey. Like, well, they're different states. You don't realize, no, you can fuck a stone from this <laughs> venue and land at that venue in New York. So we yeah. all, we, we, we'd always have these great Manhattan gigs and then you sort of lackluster until we started moving outside of Hoboken and going to different parts. In New yeah, Jersey. yeah. And there's loads of great festivals too in New Jersey. Yes. Yeah, we did. So my friends, I've got a bunch of friends in the music scene in Asbury and stuff like that. And they... I think they transitioned to the um, like online stuff so much easier than I did. Like I like it, it took, I did a couple of zoom show. I refused to do zoom shows in the beginning. I was happy to do interviews 
I liked generating material. Like I'm a very, like when I'm on stage too, I like having my set, but I also like to fuck around and have fun. And it's yeah, very personable yeah. kind of the, thing. Play the crowd. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I don't know what that's going to be like on a zoom show. And then, but my friends who are musicians, like I was so happy for them because they like had their own Facebook lives and their own donate button. And I was shit. Like the only thing I could do for anybody was I've got a decent following on Instagram. So I was like, Hey, please watch my friend's show. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like happy. I was like, do the marketing man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, whatever I, whatever I can. And then I did a few zoom shows. Tom will attest because I did, uh, I got roped into one that I didn't know was a zoom show. That's another thing too, is I don't always listen when people tell me what I'm doing. So they're like, which is such a bad fucking quality. But I was like, yeah, hey, I'll do your thing. And then I'm talking to Tom and he's like, Hey, you're doing a gig. Uh, and like, we were like doing some shows like, yeah, we're going to wrap up. You're doing a gig. And I'm like, well, it's not really a gig. It's, I'm going to interview thing. He's like, no, you're doing time. You're doing like 10, 10 minutes. And I went, yeah. fuck. <laughs> what the thing about that was I always thought, you know, the way people have their bucket lists. I always yeah. thought it'd be a great crack to do stand up sometime because oh, you when we're on stage, you know, between songs, I'm terrible. Like you see the band kind of holding their breath. What's he going to say now? And I, and I always joke like a little, a, a number of years ago, uh, late in life compared to a lot of people, I discovered the wonderful merits of uh, medical marijuana. Oh. And uh, it, it came about because I had this weird thing hit me at one point where I started feeling nauseated before shows. And to be honest with you, I'd never been nervous. I'd never, you know, I could play in front of 10 people or 10,000. To me backstage, it makes no difference. Mm -hmm. I just walk out there, I'm blind as a bat anyway, so I can only see the first row. So, <laughs> so I knew I knew it wasn't that. And so I was getting checked up and the doctors were saying, there's nothing wrong with you. Somebody said to me, take a little hit before right. you go on and it'll settle you. But Jesus, they had no idea what nightmare they were starting. So. <laughs> So what I what I now say is I know I've taken just the right amount. If by the fifth song I go, fuck, are we on? You know, <laughs> and, and, and I realize that I've spoken probably at least once to the crowd at this point mm -hmm. and have no recollection. So we always joke about that. So anyway, for years I thought I'm going to do a stand. I'm going to write some stand up. So I started writing down little ideas I'd have. And when I thought I had loads, I take myself saying them, and it was 35 seconds. <laughs> And I realized, Jesus Christ, if I'm to do 10 minutes, I'm going to have like eight pages of really good stuff that holds up. Whereas what I could do, if I tell a joke to the crowd mm -hmm. and it bombs, I just go, one, two, three, four. <laughs> you know? And we jump into the next song and hopefully four minutes later, they've forgotten. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I did. So I major respect for stand-up. It's thank, thank very, you, very I, difficult job. And it's crazy. Like stand-ups, by the way, I, I I like have major respect for what you guys do too. And I feel like stand-ups always want to be musicians and musicians always want, like we want to crossbreed somehow. It just doesn't. I'm yeah. a banjo. I, and I'm not to, I can't play it for my friends. Uh, it was my friend's dad's and his grandfather. So for some reason he gave it to me and it was like, I know you like, I do. I, I banjo's fun and whatever. I cannot fucking play that thing <laughs> to save my life. You're, you're and, in a, you're in the large group of banjo owners. <laughs> <laughs> do they also say, have it on their wall with a Kermit what, the Frog wrapped around like, it? What, what was the last thing the banjo player said before he was fired? You guys want to do some of my stuff? No. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, uh, I think it was funny. So many, so many instruments became very cool after Mumford and Son. Uh, oh, oh, you know, yeah. but but uh, but I I'm actually a massive banjo fan, and the, but the reason I am is because the Me way too. I play, the way I play acoustic, 
mm-hmm. is that I'm not very good. I'm, I'm rhythmic. So okay. it's it's almost like a almost like a drum. It's almost like a percussion instrument the way I play it. Uh, and so when when Mumford and Son brought out that first album, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe how big it sounded. Yeah. With just the banjo, and that's what was giving them the beat. That they could add a kick drum, but you just had to add banjo, and it felt like a drum kit had come yeah. in, you know. So I banjo players, I hope you accept that apology. <laughs> and and it, I was just joking, you know. <laughs> There's at least two or three of you I really particularly like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, I that love like, that sound. It's a great sound, and I like string instruments too. Like I'm a bit like if I hear the fiddle in us, and I'm instantly I'm like I love the fiddle. Anybody can play it well when yeah. I hear it and stuff. Uh, but you, mm-hmm. when I saw you guys, you were hilarious. By the way, I love the banter. Like when I see a band and they can play with the audience and they've got their and they're like fun and out. It's it's like a like I love it, dude. So you guys were you guys were fucking well. It's like and it's like what you do. You know, you you go in with a set list, mm-hmm. but the idea is to make every show feel personal yes. to that audience. So I would always familiarize myself with where we were. Right. You know, try to find out a little bit about the town, try to open with something particular to them about where we are. And uh, I think that that makes that endears your, your fans to you a lot more than if they really think you're just following the script. Bang, 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 bang. I actually heard Bill Burr. It was one, it was one of my all time favorites. Yeah. I heard, I, heard, I heard him in Philly. Uh, and it was it was a recording, not a not a, a video. And right. first, the first thing he says is like, you know, so is it, is it okay to piss in the subway because that fucking smell? Jesus Christ! <laughs> He's going like, I thought somebody was pissing right beside me, and the the audience is dying. And I thought to myself, brilliant! And now he's mm-hmm. going to dive into the set. Yeah. But and, and, and you know, I, I've toured with a lot of bands that are uh, will remain nameless, where it literally <laughs> is word for word. What they did the night before but it's it works because they've they've worked on this they've honed it in yeah. they know they're not spontaneous people right and they, they want the banter to work so and, and i'll admit with my system sometimes it hits great and sometimes you go like right okay right. Move it <laughs> you know, so it, it's risky but when it when it pays off yeah. it's massive because you feel like these people will always remember that i came out and said something to them that i didn't say last night to the yes and that's the best part, dude. When you're when you're creating those like um, those individual memories of shows, it's like I love the idea of like I never th- it was never a gimmick to me when people would be like, oh, like when you go to see him, you know, he really doesn't do the same show twice. And it was like, well, that's great. I'm glad, but like I'm glad people feel that way. But like that is what I like to do. I like to change yeah. the set. I like to play with the audience a lot and make it feel like it's it's special to that night because my thing was like this particular comedy club, like there's no more. It's, back in the day, people used to come out for stand-ups like industry. So you yeah. would have to do your fucking, I mean, it's still a material, but it was like, you didn't want to f- mess around too much in case somebody was there. Now I'm like, nobody's going to be in West Virginia <laughs> you know, and whatever. So why not make this as much fun as you can pot? Like, I want to have fun. That's my yeah, fucking yeah, goal yeah. to do it too. But yeah, absolutely. Do you yeah. feel like any, so like when you're talking about like being able to like be loose on stage and stuff like that, does that change with the size of the venue for you? Do you do, you, do you less of that when it's a bigger venue? Or No, I, I think the, the bigger venues are a little bit more difficult because usually a PA size that we're using is mm-hmm. not always tuned in for, for talking. You know, oh. it's, it's more suitable for, for the sound of the music. And very often if you're talking with delays or whatever throughout the, the stadium, whatever size venue, especially if you're open for somebody big and you're in a massive venue, right. uh, you have to sort of work that but you i find pretty quick mostly i have to slow down 
That's what okay. I do because I, I tend to yeah, blah, 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 blah. and that would be very difficult for people to hear in a big venue. So I have right. to be like, and now we are really excited <laughs> to be here. You know? But 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 I find that some of my my favorite shows are we've done a couple of acoustic gigs over the years where you just go into a small venue maybe it's a local thing you're working at material arts arts for a friend who owns a bar and mm -hmm. i love those gigs because that's how we started was in the bar yeah everybody right up to you and where they're they're listening to every word and they're here and they're and they become sort of almost part of the gig yes and, and that's why i think it's easier for me to be more relaxed in that setup but the bigger shows obviously are better for you as a band so it's yeah. uh it's sort of like a a playoff between the two i'd say I feel I, that's awesome to know because like it's the same way like I've done like I I much like the intimate scene like stand-ups are very much like if it's a low ceiling and all the fucking chairs are facing you yeah. even the better because the la it's the laughter's contained people feel more yeah, comfortable yeah. Than and I've done theaters and they're fun gigs to do especially for the money um but you know what I mean? <laughs> like like it's good to like do that kind of shit but they're not the most fun and I feel like it's nice to know that even musicians feel that way too I saw um, when my friend turned 21, uh, and I was uh, like a year older or whatever, but she had turned, she was like the last of us to turn 21. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the gin blossoms were back on the road and they did, uh, Jenks in Point Pleasant. I don't know if you've ever done Jenkinson's. No, but, but I've opened for the gin blossoms loads of times. Have you? Oh great, my God. Great guys. They great are coming guys. on, they're coming on in, uh, soon. I don't know when. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I was trying to look at my calendar and I was like, fuck it. Tell them I said hi. They should remember quite well. <laughs> I, oh, okay. Wait, no, I gotta yeah, ask so you about that. A, it's a good times. Oh well, well, I'm gonna. Well, I want you to tell one of those stories because then I can have them do the same thing. Um, but like, so, but we saw them at Jenks, and that was cool because that was one of the band, one of the places that they played, I guess, when they were younger. Yeah, and they were coming up or whatever. And man, did they just? You can tell they were having fun. Yeah. And that's the, that means the, like the, like we were all, I think we stayed later than anybody should. Even they went over, you know what I mean? Where they were just yeah, like, fuck yeah, it. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. leaving. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was just cool. so much fun. Good, good guys. So wait, do you have, what do you have, what do you have, what's the, uh, we, what's we, we were, we were signed on the same label there for a little while. Oh, wow. uh, just a while back. It was us, them and Cracker. And uh, we, okay. we did a couple of shows with them and we just had a blast backstage. I remember in the hotel, hanging out with them uh, even before the gig and just, I mean, I was a huge fan too. I mean, yeah. So when you hear them play live, you're going, shit, that was them too. It's like, <laughs> hit after hit after hit. Yeah. And, uh, but we, we ended up doing this sort of little industry thing somewhere downtown LA where it was you know, very few people. It was, it was, I don't remember what it was even for, but it was us, uh, Cracker and Larry had a terrible cold and, we were joking backstage and I, oh, I've been a massive fan of Cracker for years mm -hmm. and, and, and oh, you know, everything they've done. Um, so yeah. we ended up, we're chatting away, but you know, the, the Jim Blossom guys arrived and we were sort of chatting a little bit. We oh yeah, it's good to see you again. But let's just say that I broke out my medicine and, uh, <laughs> and next thing you know, we were all just having a blast and it became such a fun little hang uh, that musicians can have now and again. It's like you, You'll show up at a place where there's a bunch of comics on, and it's just that right group. Yeah. There's, there's no egos. There's no oh, well, we have this and we've done that. It was just a bunch of guys appreciating each other's music. Yeah. And man. And, and it was very different. You can imagine gin blossoms. Yeah. Polished, polished pop, cracker. What the world needs now is yeah. another folk singer like that. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going. Like a bridge, and then you know, wow, it, it was like cross genres, uh, yeah. Uh, but what a great fucking mix, but, but brilliant. And and we've actually talked, you know, we've all we, we'd love to do it again, 
Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we, we've we've talked over the years about doing something. It's funny, promoters don't see that. They, no. To them, it doesn't make sense. Wait a minute, Celtic rock band, a pop band and all. But it's what makes the best sense for us. Put me with somebody who is totally different. That's, yeah. why, we, that's why we do these moody blues crews. I mean, here we are with 60s bands, right? Yeah. We, we have no fucking business being on that ship. Uh, and <laughs> for some reason, I mean, we get up and we'll, we'll do the pool gig. Everybody shows up because we're so different. Yeah. So the last one we did was the Moody Blues, the Zombies, Jefferson Starship, all oh. these bands that, and obviously, you know, when I say those names, some of the bands have maybe half of an original. Member. Right. You know, it's like those legs are the original <laughs> legs of the guitar player. The, the, the body is new, but the legs. And so oh, it, it, was, it was always that, uh, but you're walking around and you're hearing because there's bands playing everywhere and you're hearing mm. songs. Like I remember, uh, um, oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pale turns of water, oh, oh, oh. shade of pale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> name's gone. Anyway, I, I know, I know you. Come out of one side of the boat and I hear this English voice really raggedy. Like, so when we did this, we, uh, we, we, you know, we released it and then, uh, and I'm thinking, oh, holy shit, whoever's talking now is going to have a tough job singing. And then he breaks into that harem, uh, purple, uh, purple harem, purple oh, harem. Yeah. Uh, and he, <laughs> he sings it like a 20 year old. There's huge notes in that song. Wow. So I'm sitting there going, holy shit. And then you watch Moody Blues mm -hmm. and he's going, nights and white satin. Yeah. And he's still nailing the, the high notes. So people joked at us like, why, why are you doing that tour? You know, would you rather be on one? But these were sold out. Three and a half thousand people trapped on a boat. Uh, wow. Probably spreading COVID. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and the thing, it, it was like, you know, that's the next cruise will be, please welcome Keith and the super spreaders. <laughs> it, it, it'll be, uh, I, I, I was blown away by it. I just loved being being around these since, you know, amazing, amazing bands and, and just phenomenal, legendary people. But I got my biggest kick. The zombies were doing it. And the zombies guy, Colin, is probably I suppose he's late seventies maybe sorry if I just go, but they do that you know let me tell you about the way she was yeah. and the color of her hair and this is huge big high notes again and he's brilliant so I get in the one of the lifts on the ship and he gets in we're all wearing our artist uh, passes you know and mm -hmm. everybody everybody in the ship's mingling that's why they go on these cruises because yeah. you get to meet all the bands so I get in and he's there with his family or something like this and. And I go, how you doing, Colin? Great show last night. Saw your gig. And he goes, oh, hello. He goes, who are you with? And I go, oh, young Dubliners. I go, we're, we're the Irish guys that are for some reason on this ship. And he goes, oh, no, you're the reason my daughter came. <laughs> and I went, really? How old is your daughter? 55. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I am a young Dubliner. You know? <laughs> But it's hilarious because, you know, we started this band, I was in my 20s, and it was the fans that called us that. Yeah. The manager, Billy, would know this. It was like, we just we were the young lads from Dublin, me wow. and Paul O'Toole, and they started calling us, oh, the young dubs are playing at the Irish Rover tonight. And we hadn't given ourselves a name, and all of a sudden people start calling us the young Dubliners. Well, the Dubliners are a massively famous folk band from yep. Ireland who were great friends of my dad. I spent many Christmases with them. Oh, my mother, wow. My mother was the first female vocalist on Irish television. Uh, so I, I was always around all these people. So we suddenly we get offered a record deal, mm -hmm. uh, an EP deal. And we weren't looking for it. We had no idea what they even meant by that. 
And I just said to the guy right away, well, we have to get a real name. And he goes, what are you talking about? You're the young Dubliners. And I said, no, 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 that's just a name people gave us because we're from Ireland. He goes, no, no, no. That's what everybody knows. That's why we're signing you. You can't change your name now as we sign you. So I actually had to call Ronnie Drew, who's the main Dubliner that I knew, tell him what I was doing and ask him if it was all right. Yeah. And uh, he gave me his, he, he, how he how Ronnie spoke was, go ahead, man, keep the fucking faith. And uh, so, <laughs> so, so we ended up keeping the name. Wow. But, you know, you don't think when you're 25 that you're going to be 56 called the Young Dubliners. Right, right. And, and, and that I can literally, I can almost, I can seem almost like a fortune teller. When we go on stage, I know there's at least a shitload of people who have never seen us before who go, <laughs> they're not that fucking young, are they? <laughs> you know? So I always tell people, fine young cannibals never eat anybody, so fuck off and just listen to the music. <laughs> well, it's just a name, for Christ's sake. Oh, so, that's fucking genius. But that's the history of the band. <laughs> wow, that's phenomenal, dude. That's that's amazing. I didn't know you did the Moody Blues thing. That must be fucking, I mean, that just sounds wild, man. That's well, awesome. it was great. And then, as I say, it all got canceled. Yeah, and, uh, so it'll be it, back. But it's coming back. And I, the cruise thing is a bit dodgy because, you know, they, they, let's just face it, they already had somewhat of a bad name about germ spreading. Right. So, <laughs> So I, I hope they do. I just wonder what the hell have they all be doing parked off those islands? Yeah. Last year, like thousands of ships. Oh, loaded, yeah. Loaded with booze. Yep. And uh, you know what I mean? I'm thinking. What a great it. place to be stuck. I, I don't know why that, everybody was complaining. But didn't the Foggy Molly thing get, get stuck too? They they were doing their tour too. I think a bunch of cruise ships got like either stranded. Yeah. What you know, it's, it's funny. You're right. Actually, ours was supposed to be uh, end of March, but Flogging usually do theirs. Uh, near the or over Paddy's Day, uh, right? And near it, so they must have been stuck. It's funny, yeah. I never, I never really heard. We we're all so consumed by our own depression, of course. You, you know, we didn't give a shit what anybody else was going through. I think people so, are just coming out of it. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, well, we you know, it's true. My my eighty four year old mother just got her shot in Dublin on nice. Tuesday, oh, and wow. Ireland is like playing these nasty tricks where they're like, right, you're you know you're you're ninety years old, you're getting your shot on Tuesday. Oh my God! I'm so happy. I've been so worried. Just kidding. We fuck all vaccines, but we'll call you back. <laughs> I mean, Europe. Europe has made a balls of this, unfortunately. Yeah, and, I know. Uh, and it's tough. It's it's one thing to watch it on television, but when you've a 84 year old mother who's waiting for this thing, yep. who's been in her apartment for a year, and yeah. I haven't been able to go see her. She hasn't been able to come see me. I, I listen to Irish radio every night to the news, and I'm screaming at it. Yeah, Get man. your shit together, you know. Right. But she got it so. Yeah, my aunt and uncle and uh, and cousins or whatever are over in um, the UK. They're in um, uh, oh, why don't I know? <laughs> They're in. My grandfather was from Brighton. They live somewhere, Bo so, Bournemouth. So, They're in Bournemouth, England. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but they got fucked and they wound up getting COVID uh, because there was mm -hmm. because of the school situation. They have little kids, but they were basically like, if you don't send your children to school, they will not be able to come back. Yeah. So yeah. they didn't have a choice, and they had to send them to school, and they wound up fucking getting code from a teacher, yeah. and it was it was a whole fiasco. But yeah, they've been they've been handling that whole situation piss poor. It's it been sucks. really weird though, because you think about all the troubles we've ever been through. Never has it been where I call my musician friends in Dublin, mm -hmm. in England, Denmark, other parts of America, and every single person is going through the same thing. Yeah. And that's never happened before. You know, you have recessions in certain countries. You've yep. You've uh, you know dictators. You've you know, clamp downs on artists or whatever, and you're hearing these stories going, oh, my God, but all of a sudden, America now, 
has had it all, you know. We, yeah. We, we've pretty much shared quite a lot of shitty things that yeah. other countries have gone through in the last year. And, you know, it's been an eye-opener. It is. I, I really hope people sort of realize that, see, that's why it's shitty. Me to too. In a situation like that, you know. You yeah, to- I, I'm worried. Like, that was one of the, my concerns is that I, I really, really, I feel like if we come out of this going back to 2019 before this happened, we fucking failed. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but but we did because I just I actually wrote a little song that I, I did on the radio today for the first time, and one of the lines in it is uh, uh, "so much for being in this all together." You know, it, it was I remember this time last year, yeah. I was saying, "Look at look at see, America might be divided massively, but look what's happened. We're all in this together, and yeah. everybody's in this together." Well, we know what happened to that, and yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's it sort of, it, it was very disappointing. I mean, just like you, I'm sure, we have fans on both sides of the political spectrum. Yep. And, and I deliberately avoid getting political on stage because I, I know people come to hear music. And yeah. I know they don't want to be preached to, excuse me, by musicians, but it comes to the time where I actually brought out a T-shirt uh, last year, which was said, Mama, make America mates again. Uh, and, you know, the whole MAGA thing was going on, and I, I just, yeah. people would look funny at me in grocery stores and stuff, and then they'd read it and go, ah, cool, man, you know? Yeah. And, and that was my thing was, I know these individual people. I know how good they are. I know how loving they are. Mm-hmm. I know how supportive they've been of our band. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love them all equally, and I just wish, in Ireland, you know, we went through severely serious shit, divisive shit, uh, and yet I could be having a massive row in a pub with somebody about the British being in Northern Ireland or something. And mm-hmm. I'd be going, no, you're wrong. And, it's, oh, yeah. and they're going, you don't, you don't realize, is it? And then he'd be like, what are you drinking? Pint of Guinness. Oh, yeah. You, you want a shot with that? Ah, go ahead. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden we're, we're back to our being mates. Again. Yeah. And that's what I wanted politics to be. You can disagree on all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, I've seen when America is faced with an outside threat and how it unites and, right. and and how it united and given Irish people a place to run to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 200 something years ago mm-hmm. uh, and how it looked after us. So it just disappoints me to see families torn apart like this yeah. over fucking politics. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? It's like, come on. There's always a common sense right down the middle and we're just, everybody's dodging that right now. And if we could just get back onto, well, you know, what would your mother say? You know, right. did, didn't, your, didn't your mother tell you to cover your mouth when you sneeze? Yeah, man. I know. So it, what's it, the big <laughs> shock about a fucking mask helping? Yeah, you know? it it did it did get like crazy for a while too, man. I had, I had like uh during I mean the last four years the Trump stuff or whatever it was. I had cousins who were uh surprised not surprisingly but somewhat swindled like New Yorkers. You know what I mean? Which is right. so weird to me because the entire time Donald Trump existed before he was the president when he was in New York, he was the con man you would war pe- you would warn people visiting New York about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. don't give your video camera to that guy because he'll fucking yeah. take off with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> what are you like, did you take a photo of us? And then it's like, yeah. no, that guy's going to run with it. You don't want to do that. Yeah, um, that guy. But I, I had cousins and stuff like that who fell for it too and who would blast, like, who, who, like, who are older than me, much older than me, but for whatever reason would blast me on social, like, literally, like, take a screenshot of my shit and be like, He's a, an Obama loving bub 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 bl, yeah, 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 and I'm like, yeah. what? And, you know, to the point where like I'd be like, you know, we are we are still family. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah, what yeah, are yeah. you doing? But they they had this ideological um, kind of uh, cult like connection. Like if you offended Trump or you disagree with the politics, it was almost like you were literally offending them. 
or disagreeing with it. It was weird, weird that's times. Where, that's where it's gone. And uh, exactly what you say, you can't even, it's somebody said to me a, a while ago, it said, said uh, if you're a Trump supporter, it says a lot about you. And then somebody else said, "No, if you're a Trump supporter, it says everything about you." Uh, and I thought that was that was a very sad yeah. observation. But I, I have to admit that I've witnessed that. Same. I've, I've witnessed somebody who has gone on not just to be because you know being a Republican or, or a Democrat, I could give a shit. Yes, yeah. I'm still a green card holder. You know, I, I, I'm not even a citizen, so right. I don't vote. Uh, and I, I just felt, but I have a degree in journalism, and I, politics was my main thing. So wow. I was always in awe of the American political system, mm -hmm. with checks and balances, and how you'd hear about Tip O'Neill having a drink with Reagan, and, and they, you know, how everybody, yes, you you behold when you were on the floor of the Senate or whatever. Yeah. Then they all they all met in the pub afterwards and were the best of mates, and shit got done. You yeah. know, stuff happened, compromises happened. Right. And now we're in a situation where I don't even want to hear your opinion. If yeah. I think you're on that side or this side. And what people don't seem to realize, I don't think, is how fucking dangerous that is. Yeah. Because what we should be thinking about now, what all of us should be thinking about now, is our kids. Mm. What, what, what are they getting? My son's born here in America. And I wonder about, you know, the reason I give a shit about climate change is because of my kid. I'd, lo I'd love to say that it's because I'm this amazing, you know, environmentalist and, and I understand. I don't right. understand. But I've seen some amazing shit, and I'd like my kid to see it too, if that's okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So whether this is Earth going through a change or whether it's humanity, if there's something we can do to slow it down, why the fuck wouldn't you? Yeah. Why, would, why wouldn't you at least try, regardless of whether you believe it or not? And the argument about, you know, industry being everybody was up in arms for ages about the coal miners, you know. Mm. We got to get the coal miners back to work. What about the newspaper print people? Right. Does nobody give a shit about them? You know, <laughs> many, you know how many of them went out of where the fucking iPad Kindle came out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't see them going, bring back the fucking newspapers. Yeah. But no, you know what they're saying is, bring back the ability to go underground and breathe in shite and die at 50. Right. I want that. I, yeah. What I don't want to do is climb up there in a decent pair of clothes, attach that solar panel to your roof, come back down, still looking pretty sharp, and be able to go out for dinner with the missus that night right. instead, of, instead of coughing up gobs of phlegm covered in fucking black shit. Yeah. You know, it's like there's a common sense angle always. Absolutely. Give everybody deserves jobs, deserves, you know, re-assignment to jobs or whatever and education and all. But that doesn't mean that we just fuck the planet up in order to keep these shitty jobs that weren't great jobs to mm -hmm. begin with. The money's important. The job isn't important. Yes. You know, I did it because my dad did it. Yeah, do you remember your dad hacking up at 52 right. years old? Is that really what you want for yourself and your kids? So yeah. I've just always been blown away by that, the, 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 the idea that people can come into politics and brainwash people into thinking, this is a good way to go. Support me. I mean, the worst one for me with Donald Trump is when he goes on about the Bible. Oh, I mean, yeah. If anybody actually believes that Donald Trump is religious, right. I have this amazing beachfront property just outside Idaho <laughs> that I would that you will love. The ocean laps up to the coast. I mean, come on. Now I, I, get, I get that the smart ones didn't buy that, but they knew that he'd push an agenda. Yeah, that they wanted, but but there's plenty of them who actually did believe it. I've yeah. heard I've heard horrendous things like he, he's he's the second coming or something. Like oh, I know.
It is insane. And that's that's the most disheartening part is the people that knew it and let it continue anyway, who are just like willing to let this dude fucking con have to. It's so upsetting to think like, wow, people really surrendered pretty quickly for, you know. uh, It's the old story. It's the exact same thing with uh, uh, that whole idea that you'll be, you you know, you do this now and we get now and we'll worry about the future. Yeah. The the future has been so desecrated now by what's happened. I know. I just, I just really hope the country gets back together. But that's what we're going to do when we get back to the road. I'm going to do the same thing. Nice. I'm just going to keep hammering the idea that you know when I first came to America, you guys were all telling me, "Oh, I'm Irish American." You know, I'm Italian American, and I was thinking, "There's nobody proud to be American. How come they always want to talk about their European connection?" But the minute the shit hit the fan, and those towers came down, nobody was Irish American right. or, or Italian. They were Americans. Yeah, and they were they were together, and they were going to fucking sort this shit out, and that's the, the Americans. I wish they could come back to that idea that it's an amazing country. It has such great things. Don't get sidetracked by this bullshit. Yeah, of, of, of hating each other over stupid shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we were almost there too with the COVID thing. We were all one country. We were all yeah. trying to fight this thing at the same time, and somehow we managed to fuck that up. It didn't last yeah. as long as the post nine eleven feeling of. Yeah. Like everybody being friendly to each other, trying to help each other out. Somehow we bypassed that yeah. and wound yeah. up, you know. And it's 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 awful, and it, it it needs to be changed because even if you believe that solidly, or you believe the left solidly, there's no future in that. Right, you can't. This country is too big and too diverse for any one idea to be the predominant one. It's- so. Yeah. Time to compromise or or, or move right. to fucking Russia or something. And what's amazing too is like it's so it's even for the Biden administration that's coming up now. It's still amazing to me that the concept of just help fucking people is still difficult to do. And like I, I understand we had like a ton of people who dabbled in politics because it was easy when like I like this is the thing that Trump made it easy for people to to dabble in it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I've been yeah. following it since I was like 15. I've been, I've interested in local politics and uh, politics as a whole. And then there's people who, when Trump came in, they were like, Oh, this is a piece of cake, bad guy, yeah. good guy. I got this shit. And then, you know, and they don't know what to do now that he's gone because yeah, yeah. they're like, well, do I criticize the side I voted for? And it's like absolutely because well, the, the, now the, the, this guy's dicking around. The one thing he definitely established, I'll say is, you know, you see when you're coming into America years ago, the Irish should be on the ships Coming yep. in, they see the Statue of Liberty, you know, bring us your sick, your. Mm-hmm. But the, the one thing I was always told was anyone can be the president in America. Yeah. That's what's so great. You can be, you can be, and I'm thinking, no fucking kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. We're like, fuck, we didn't mean it literally. Yeah. Like, yeah, we didn't want Jesus. a game show host. I, I used to tell people, you know, that show was fucking was a TV show, right? You know, you know, you know he may actually be the worst businessman of all fucking time. Oh. If, if I'd gotten that much money from my old man and just put it in a capital one fucking bank account, right? I'd, I'd have more shagging money by now, but yeah, it is. Anyway. It's admired i I was gonna say i always admired like i don't know too much about irish like ireland politics but like when i've watched stuff you know on the internet and stuff you guys are so passionate in your you know like we're we're like our congress is fucking you know it's like soft hand jobs most of the time you know what i mean when they talk about stuff but man the politics in ireland they are passionately like you guys yell at each other like the way i imagine the forefathers did our forefathers did when they argued and debated over shit where we are like ugh. Very rough hand jobs in Ireland. Uh, <laughs> it, 
Let me tell you, it's a whole other. I, I don't know if it's politics or the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's all those calluses, man. Has ruined the fucking the yard. No, uh, it, well, <laughs> it's true. But like I said, we do, and, and even Irish politics at the moment mm. is funny. This sort of idea of fighting against the science is actually taken up all over the world right now. Yeah, it's it is. And, and there was some pretty bad riots in Dublin uh, last week. But, but it's all based on people's frustrations to get back to work. Well, uh, you know, and yeah. so it comes out in weird ways to where you're kind of going, you know, listen, we're not doing this to fucking get you out of work. We're right. doing this to save your grandmother, you know, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and getting that idea, like this idea that, you know, we all did. I think we're all guilty of it at some point where you hear like, oh, a 65-year-old died of COVID. And you're like, <gasps> was there pre-existing conditions? Yes. Oh, thank God. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like as though it's not going to hit healthy people. Right. I, I always, you know, think about the, the big chubby 75-year-old uncle who was the life of the party. Yeah. Who always had that great joke, who you knew was diabetic or had diabetes, whatever. Uh, but he certainly wasn't about to die anytime soon. Right. He, he wasn't going to live to the ripe old age. And eventually, probably the weight was going to get him. But was that life worthless? Right. Is, is it okay that he died? Just because he was fat, yeah. Uh, it's this idea that pre-existing conditions is some excuse for why COVID was bullshit. Yeah. And I, I lost a beautiful musician in an Irish band called the Elders uh, out of Kansas City, and he passed away from COVID. And all the Irish musicians banded together, and we did this amazing tribute, which is on my YouTube channel. If you want to see, I'll check it out. Where, where we did one of his songs, and we did it where we all sang and videoed ourselves recording it, and then they cut it together. So you could see all the different band members it cut in with pictures of him playing and right. his family and everything else. And that was probably the biggest gut punch to me where I realized this is, and then we lost, you know, John Prine. And yeah. John, I just seen John Prine in an interview talking about how he was going out again. Was he going to live another 10 years? Maybe not, but I'd have loved to have one more fucking year out of him. Dude. Right. So yeah. It's just, it's, it's been a, a weird it's kind of almost like a horrendous selfishness or something. It totally and is. And I used to, when, when I used to argue with people about it in the beginning of all this too, when they would be like, when they would kind of do that tough guy thing, we're like, well, what sacrifice is going to be to be made? I'd be like, great. Which yeah. one of your family members and friends are you willing to sacrifice? So yes. you can go to a fucking bar, which like, give me, give me names. Give yeah, me one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they wouldn't yeah. have an answer, but you know, but they would be like, I'm like, that's how you have to think of it. Which one do you want to go first? Exactly. And that's what I was telling somebody yesterday. There's 500,000 plus families who have lost somebody and for them just even hearing that the vaccines here and kicking in must be agony like yeah. lo losing a kid to fucking leukemia and then two weeks later there's a cure for leukemia it's it's right the horror of what they've all gone through yeah but it's such a huge country it's it's not the next door neighbor it's not everyone you know right but it's, but it's their their pain is real and i think if we if we as a world sort of take that in and feel a little bit of compassion towards them, it'll it'll help bring everybody back. Because we, we what we really need right now is that, like everybody needs to smoke some serious fucking weed. Yeah, and and just chill out for a minute and get back to the basics. And then all of a sudden you'll open your eyes and go, oh, there's my brother. I do love you. What I don't care if you support yeah. Trump or I support Biden. It doesn't matter. What really matters is we made it through this and and, and we get a chance to move on. So. You know, hopefully, God, I really dragged the comedy element of this to shitter, didn't I? <laughs> no, no, dude. I, but this is but this, <laughs> no, but it was. Uh, I'm not even kidding. This is the kind of stuff I love talking about on here because how many interviews? Like, 
you know, I, I like talking to people, uh, you know, especially on this thing. That's why it's dystopia too, because it's just like, you know, you do these interviews. I've been, I've done a million of them too, where they ask you the same kind of stuff over and over again. And you never get to hear, you know, this kind of stuff from somebody. And it's important though, too, because most people who love you who are fans of you maybe n- don't get to know this side of you. And maybe they, you know, they get something yeah. out of it. And maybe you know, lost half of them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking bastard. I went all these years keeping this shit in. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Fucking hysterical. Yeah. Like it's, you know, but that's the, that's the beautiful part of it too, though. It's like, I, I like when, like I went back and forth about, I'm not shy. I don't know if you've ever perused my Instagram or, you know, Tom knows I'm, I'm not shy about any of this crap. Like I, I kind of adamantly people know where, where I stand on stuff or whatever, yeah. but it is kind of funny though. The, the minute, like people don't understand the nuance to it either because the minute I go, well, you know, uh, the other side's doing this. I'm not wo- like, like the woke culture thing kind of bothers me or like even like the, um, uh, you know, the climate change stuff, which I'm 100% for. And I completely agree with you too, but I'm like, Hey, you don't understand the other side of it is if the, if this portion of society cannot get their family to a doctor, they don't give a fuck about trees. So like you need yeah, to yeah, heal yeah. people before you like if like we all basically want the same thing we want healthcare we want respect and money for what we do whatever it is that we do yeah. for a living no matter if it's flipping burgers or fucking roofing or whatever it is and to be able to survive and until uh, as a country we all kind of understand that it's we're not going to be able to heal anything it's terrible yeah. and it's it's completely that that is, at the end of the day i think that's what it is the uh the, the far left far right it, it all does be head in half the time when i hear yeah. convergence it's like i say to me there's a common sense path I, I i don't think there's any issue in america right now where if you're true to yourself there isn't an actual truth common sense way to do this and yes it's just politicians don't exist without the drama of it all uh, to survive they have to be one side or the other they have to, you know, stand their fucking ground and keep their shit. It's otherwise, what, you, their job's gone. That's yeah. why you, you don't have these centrists uh, anymore, yeah. where, where people are just doing that. And I think, you know, as somebody who studied American politics, I just, I, it's the golden egg of politics. It's, it's a, it's a brilliant system. And I right. think at the moment, it's been exposed for its weaknesses. And yeah. with a bit of luck, it'll, it'll, it'll get back on track. So, yeah. you know, people get mad at me because I say something about Trump or I say something about McConnell. I say right. the exact same shit about the left, too. Yeah, Schumer, same. Schumer drives me fucking nuts. Some yep. of the stuff he does. And I, I'm totally, Pelosi's infuriating. I, I couldn't I, stand I, 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 I'm horrendously upset with this cancel culture, if that's the inward. Yeah, me you. too. But not, I don't even use that word. Just the idea that people are, are thrown onto the shit pile without trial or jury. Or yeah. Nothing. You know, at the very least, everybody deserves their day in court. So, you know, when Al Franken had his situation where the Democrats just ate their own and there was a whole investigation going on. Let it play out before you. Yes. Uh, I mean, I loved him from Saturday Night Live. Me too. Yeah. I was was a bit biased on that one. But uh, I just it's ridiculous. We all fuck up. Everybody we do has shit in their past. I'll never be able to run for politics because there's so many pictures of me with fucking bongs and shit out there. That, but all of a sudden nowadays, that might be okay. Might be a plus. And they could uh, yeah, exactly. the Green Party. The, yeah, <laughs> I see a whole new. The craziest group. thing to me is you're not that, that you're expected to be the same person you were a year ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, like this whole idea that we're supposed to be. It's like you know what's crazy to me too is like when you see um, I, like uh, Keanu Reeves is dating yeah. an older woman. 
And the left loves that shit. They eat it up. They're like, good for her. Nobody should be fucking saying anything. Dennis Quaid married a 25-year-old. And they're like, lock him the fuck up, that monster. What has he done to her? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's old enough to know she's taking his fucking money when he croaks. So let's just not get to, you know what I mean? It's insane to me that they don't see or smell or taste their own bullshit. And Keanu Reeves, you know, there's never enough money. He's taking her money when she croaks. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we're yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's all, it's like, it's, it's that thing where like, you know, they want their cake, they're eating it too, because I'm not a big, you know, I'm not, I'm not, as far as I know, I'm never getting married. I don't have anything against it. If that's what people want to do, I'm happy for that. Tom's laughing because I shit on it 24 seven, but like, I'm, I'm happy if I think 90% of people are faking it and 10% really lucked out and they met the right person. But like, you know, uh, I, I think it's funny that like half of the people who want to cancel things and want to shit on love and all that other crap are also the same people that are like, love is everlasting and it's breaking yeah, barriers yeah. and love is a battlefield. But at the same time, they're like, no, you need to love how I say you love. And I'm like, look, either it's all those fantasy things that you want it to be, or you have to agree that the reality is it's just two people slightly overweight who don't want to die alone. Which one? Do you want it to be? I'll go for the fantasy element. <laughs> I'd go for the happy shit uh, other than the reality that most of it is. So you got to pick one here. I know, like two, two people in a picture where they're both eating a piece of cheesecake and you go, that's fair enough. You know, <laughs> if, if there's only one of them, then maybe you'd have a fucking issue. I saw one of my, my, my Irish mates. We, we've, we've had this WhatsApp thing going. Oh, thread, yeah. Thread going since COVID. And, the shit coming out of England and Ireland is so hilarious. <laughs> I mean, and it was hilarious in the beginning. But yesterday, uh, you know, it was Mother's Day in Ireland on, on Sunday, which mm-hmm. is another fucked up thing because in America it's in May. So I miss my mother's one all the time. I always try to look it up. But she's always like, <laughs> on, on Saturday, she was like, well, you know, call me tomorrow if you can. I mean, it's Mother's Day here, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to send something to you because in May she gets blasted with flowers and has no fucking idea why. Right. But, uh, but somebody somebody showed me somebody showed me this uh, Mother's Day card where it says, "Happy Mother's Day, Mum." Uh, I know you shagged Dad, and that couldn't have been easy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> every every mother needs to get that card. Yes, absolutely. I know, I know you shagged Dad. That couldn't have been easy. Oh uh, God! But, but it's been it's been funny. It's been that, I mean, there's no. It's hard to say there's been any good thing about COVID, but there have yeah. been some weird things, and obviously some couples have fucking ripped each other's heads off being together. Oh. Some people have gotten way closer. My kid is going through his uh, senior year. Uh, a oh, school here, and I know fuck all about the American uh, college system and had to right. get help and all the rest. But but the beauty of it was, I got to spend a year with him, which was the most important year for him. Yeah, you know, getting ready for all this stuff, and he got accepted into his college, which is great. Oh, but, nice. but it's so just uh, so there were these little silver Congrats. linings that come out of this uh, that hopefully we'll we'll hold on to, and it, I think we'll, so too. We'll look back on this, but our, our generation, we always heard about World War Two. You know, right. somebody tell you about World War One, like the, the the horrible things that happened to the world. They survived Vietnam and all these things. I think we got complacent into thinking, you know, nothing bad was ever going to really happen on a world scale mm-hmm. during our time because the world had learned. And I think we just lived through it. And, yeah. and now history, yeah. you know, kids 100 years from now will be taught about the time the whole world got shut down 
by a, by a fucking virus, you know. Yeah. And and it, it's been a weird coming to grips with the fact that this must have been what it was like living through so many horrendous things that happened in the world. You didn't realize maybe at the time that that's what you were doing, but mm -hmm. this will be a part of all our lives. This will be a huge section of my kid's life. Hopefully, this is the only thing he'll go through of this magnitude at eighteen. Yeah. And then we're you know we're going through it at our different ages. Uh, but it, it, it it's you know it, it's it's almost too much for the brain to comprehend it, that, that an entire world shut down. It is. Oh, it right. really is. And that's why I'm glad yeah. we have these kind of like it, for me and I think for Tom too. Like we all. Like, I don't. I actually haven't met Tom in person. I don't know if I don't know if he's a figment of my imagination. He doesn't know if I'm a figment of his. Like <laughs> this could all be CGI. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> you want to reach your hand over now, and it comes into his screen, and I'm like, "You're full of shit, right? You're full of shit." <laughs> and how sad would it be if Tom and I were advanced AI? Would you be like, "I'm out. That's we're not doing it." Elon Musk is a fucking liar. No, no uh, I, I've had enough of these to go with whatever the fuck you're saying. It's all good. <laughs> Tell me it's, it's fucking crazy, but like I, I enjoy like there, there are. It's I think in the middle of this, it was hard to admit that there were some good things about it because you didn't want like so many people were obviously dying and being affected by. It. I just lost a friend two weeks ago to this, right. and uh, it's still dead. Like it, like I, I have her last Facebook post, which is this is morbid by the way, but it was more of like a like I I screenshot it because it was just a reminder of how fucking devastating it is. It was how her quick, how, how, how quick she got it posted that her oxygen was at 75 was like, please send prayers, you know, uh, to get me back to 95. If I'm not there in two hours, they wanted to sedate, you know, sedate her so she could calm down or whatever. And that was it. And I, yeah. that fucking broke me, dude. Like I was like, yeah, it's, whatever. It's, yeah. But the, but the crazy, like, you know, flip side of that too is, uh, she was living in Jamaica at the time and I got to like through this stuff. Like I, even my friends and I, who they're married, like we've been friends for over 20 years, but like we, we been, we're living in different parts of the country. Yeah. We're, we now do this every fucking Saturday because we were like, yeah. we don't know what's going on, you know, especially with all the, you know, towards the end of the election and stuff like that too. We're like, fuck, like our family, we got nephews, you know, and we were just doing this all the time. So, I mean, I'm, I don't know that I would have talked to you, you know, if it wasn't for yeah, all this stuff yeah. and I'm grateful for it, like Absolutely. beyond belief. Well, well, if you hadn't like been doing it so long and run out of good guests, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way in hell I'd be. <laughs> so thank God you, you've been doing it so solidly. <laughs> I, 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 I thought just came into my head as we're sitting here, I was thinking it's St. Patrick's Day. I just fucking remembered that again. Yeah. And I said to myself, I, by this point, normally I'd be knee deep in in some massive, you know, loud rock and show, and and trying to you know keep it all together, get to have the big the audience would always be hammered, and I'm actually enjoying this immensely. And uh, it'll be probably a long time, if ever, that I'll, I'll get to do this on Paddy's Day again. So, wow, the, cheers, man. lads, cheers, yeah, lads. cheers, man, it's absolutely. Monday. This is this is honestly like I'm sitting here thinking I'm got to thank Bill for for making the connection too because this is like one of my favorite shows right now. Yeah, I'm enjoying the hell out of this and it, I'm super super grateful for you to come on here too. I feel like I'm wrapping it. I don't do you have an I don't even know how long we've been talking. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> We, I think we've been, they turned it off about half an hour ago. But you know, just <laughs> Somebody like, shut off the internet. They're like, uh, just for a private chat with the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other funny thing is the fact that this is, you know, would have been a year ago, a DIY type setup where we have these programs yeah. now that we're able to do this on the internet. 
this is as high tech as every late night dog show right now. Yes. You know, this yeah. is it. This is what everybody's doing. And so it has opened up an awful lot of uh, opportunities for people to, to sort of exercise maybe things they didn't know they could do before yeah. uh, and do the shows. I did uh, an interview this morning with a friend of mine who is a bass player from the eighties in, in Los Angeles. I remember meeting him. He was, he was like a sort of a, one of these utility guys who was in many loads of different bands filling mm -hmm. in for they didn't have a bass player and stuff but was very well known and we lost track of each other for years and met up again uh, just a while ago and he started doing a, a a podcast in the morning and i did it you know maybe a year and a half ago and it was very fledgling and now it's like a big rocking thing and mm -hmm. it's just great for me to see him and i can see how he's flourished in it would he have ever gotten that opportunity through mainstream television Right. Probably, probably um, not. You know what I mean. So, it it has been a. It's an interesting time. It's it. You know, we'll probably be be a, a lot of things will change on the other side of this once we come out of it. But I think so, so. A lot, some some will be for the good. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. It has been like a really bizarre great equalizer. I keep saying. I think I keep saying that phrase, but like it is because like you're right. It put us all on the same level. Like uh, this may. I think doing this actually and seeing like Fallon with no. Who well, I love Fallon, but like with yeah. no audience and stuff is like. Yeah. I can do that. <laughs> it's, it's like what you were saying earlier you know some of your comedian friends are saying no you know i can really embrace the zoom thing you know i'm getting into it you're like yeah but nobody was fucking coming to your gigs anyway so <laughs> this this is exactly normal for you for christ's sake exactly i'm you like know, who is coming out i don't understand. i don't see the difference of course yeah. you fucking don't <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly man Oh man, this has been great. Well, I mean, I guess it's it has been an hour, so I don't want to take up too much uh, more of your time. But thank you I've so much a, for coming on. I've got a hectic. Let me check my a hectic schedule of fuck all. So yes, uh, <laughs> I, I better get back to that fuck all schedule. Uh, it's going to be, you know, just another busy St. Patrick's Day of uh, watching fucking Alaska shows about skinning animals and building fucking cabins that I'll never be able to build. <laughs> Dude, if you, I love, I love that you're watching it because I, my friends and I downloaded a game called Valheim and you're Vikings and oh, you, yeah. you do exactly that in the, uh, we're hunting boar. Like, like, uh, and we're like serious about it too. We've got these houses we build up and I'm like, I will never be able to go here. And this is the most physical labor I've done in like a year. Exactly. Well, well, I, I'm. It's well documented that I love the the, the great outdoors and all the shit. And I used to always tell mm -hmm. everybody, "Oh, I could do this. I could do that." And I ended up making friends with that uh, the Kilcher family up in Alaska, Homer, Alaska, who do the uh, the Last Frontier. Oh and no way! Otsley is a brilliant musician. They open for us whenever we're up there. They're an absolutely great family. Wow! And we met them all. I was starstruck meeting them all, and they're all coming to the gig, and it, it was just a big mutual sort of love fest with them. But we right. were joking. We were joking about it because they live just outside Homer, and the big joke okay. was like, Otsley moose this year, otherwise you'll have to go to Safeway like the fucking rest of us. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like the supermarket is like two miles away. But, but it seems like if he doesn't get the caribou, the family will go hungry. Not fucking really. You can see McDonald's if you come out of it. I can see the fucking arches here from the top of the house. And so we, I, I, being I, lit by it. I, I, we, we mess with each other about that all the time. But it, but I, all I thought was people locked at home all this year watching these shows. Yeah. And every show is something getting shot and killed and skinned and people eating something out of, you know, necessity. And I wondered how many families were suddenly like, the guy looks at the other family member and they're like, what the fuck are you looking at me for? You know, <laughs> yeah. there's, no, there's no meat on me. And I'm just wondering if they're sort of like, oh, yeah, if things get really shitty. Grandma's got a pretty... <laughs> 
Chunky <laughs> looking thigh. And I've, we'll just learned, I've just learned how to separate the rib. From the, we'll know, say she I died of COVID. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, we'll say she died of COVID. Nobody will know. Don't worry. <laughs> we didn't eat the COVID bits. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Oh, my God. That's, that's so great. Terrible. Dude, I know, but everybody's been like, I've watched more murder porn to the point where, like, have you ever seen the movie The Burbs? I've heard of it. I did the see Tom, it. I know what it's it is. So it's Tom Hanks, is it? Yeah. Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom yeah, Hanks. Yeah. And his next door neighbors are like insane. But I keep calling my next door neighbors the Klopex. I'm pretty sure this fucking kid has killed his parents. <laughs> I haven't seen his mother. Like, she was there one day and gone. And I always see them in their backyard. I'm like, is he fucking digging? I'm like, well, but I don't know if it's just me because I've watched too many, you know. But then you see the mother and you see him, but you never see them together. <laughs> and you're like, like, oh my god that's so great now it's great now i'm not gonna be able to fucking sleep <laughs> i've been having these fucking messed up because i like i don't know about you i can't sleep so i'll pop a benadryl which is not good to do or like a nyquil because you have these fever i swear to god i've been having like fever dreams for the last like three weeks but i swear to god i fucking heard somebody knocking how much benadryl exactly do you have to do to get that <laughs> I, I need a dream change of <laughs> i'm like three feet tall so it's like i think it's only a half a one for me <laughs> i'm like i'm like a keebler elf comic so it's uh, <laughs> uh my next show is in a tree so i hope you can make it That's um, <laughs> but yeah no, no i i th like i've been doing that i swear the other night i thought i heard somebody knock and it was just me and my cat but of course i'm like this out like fucked up so like i thought I, I woke up thought i heard somebody knock i look then he looks but then i make myself think that he heard it too and i'm like he's only looking because i'm looking and i'm like fuck <laughs> you dude like how dare you dog's like give us some of the fucking benadryl will you <laughs> <laughs> right. we, we gotta be on a level fucking playing field here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> shit's getting out of control he's <laughs> like you're not taking me down with you that's <laughs> like it wasn't me i don't even have knuckles <laughs> Then one morning you woke up and you were licking your own balls and you knew things, <laughs> things had gone too far. <laughs> I've been inside too long, man. <laughs> the fucking dogs had oh. recharged it. <laughs> yeah. Madness. Madness. That's what I'm going to title this episode. One day you wake up licking your own balls. <laughs> that's what this episode's going to be called. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, that's one of the symptoms they don't tell you about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's too embarrassing. <laughs> You have, that's what uh, long COVID is. Long, it's like, oh, you can't yeah, taste. Yeah. I'm like, not taste, dude. I'm like, my own ball. I don't even know. <laughs> I I, if there's one thing I'm not looking for right now is taste. <laughs> I can stay away as long as it fucking likes. Hopefully long enough for me to stop licking my fucking balls. Oh, my God. Dude, we totally made up for politics talk for like 15 minutes. I love that we're ending with ball humor. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, so good. Fuck. So bad and yet so good. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh my god! All right. Well, seriously, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking end it. We've been on for an hour, I think. I think about an hour. I feel bad, like, like I don't. Thomas, by the way, I'm gonna. This is full disclosure. And we're gonna cut this out. I suck at ending things. I don't know when people want to leave. <laughs> Tom is my Tom is always like, you know, you like everything was. It was was it Carl got I had Carl yeah. Gottlieb on who wrote Jaws. And oh, Tom was fun. like, you fucking rushed him out. Cut him <laughs> I, was like, I was like, did I? And he was like, yeah, because I don't know. Like, I'm like, I, I'm so like, I'm like, well, I think it's about that time. And they're like, fuck, is it? I don't know. I, I mean, it's your show, but is that how you're telling people? I'm like, I, do you want me to? Keith, the best was he did it like this. He's like, Carl, would you like, would you like to stay and hang out and see the next and see, and hang out for the next guest? Because we had another guest coming on. He's like, no, I'll just hang out with you for a little while. So then the guest was getting closer, 
And yeah. uh, John's like, all right, Carly, got to go now. <laughs> like, Why did you do that? The guy just was hanging out. He's you should have just had out. a big fucking uh, one of these animated sharks to make <laughs> Take his ass out. <laughs> and like, I know. he's the guy who wrote Jurassic Park. <laughs> You're oh there busy God. trying to find a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> this should be like, oh a, this session should end with like some fucking little leprechaun comes and fucking bounce me over the head. Keep it's it. like perfect. Oh, perfect. That's we have all of those things. That's the best part. We, we got dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we got Panthers. You're totally. I I I fear what's coming on with my. Yeah, I've shaved McGowan's head and posed on me fucking head. Oh, it's classic. just sixteen masturbating leprechauns on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> a, whole, a whole new meaning for diddly diddly. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, we really had been so out. much fun i hope you'll join us again i feel oh, like yeah, listen, great this was great you. boys i'm so glad i can honestly tell you this was the funnest one. Oh, thank you, know, you so much I, I think i think we have a very uh there's there's a great affinity between you know musicians and stand-ups especially with me i i absolutely uh, you know massive respect for it and as i say i've been always trying to to think about how would you do that and then you just bomb with one joke on stage and i and i go and I look at my drummer, he goes, and I go, thanks be to fuck. Thanks be to fuck, I have that out. And I've done a place called, there's a gig called Daryl's House. You know, Daryl Hall has, yeah, yeah, yeah. live from Daryl's House. And uh, we've done it a few times and it's broadcast live from the gig. And you, you can't bomb. You know, everything has, musically you have to be bang on. The right. gig has to be great. And I've been lucky, I think anyhow, I hope that they went well, but... It's uh, that's where I get my most respect for that for what you guys do because it's just a it's not a fucking easy gig, and uh, and I love it because I feel there's there's a, a natural banter when yeah. when you you know I always say my, my dad whatever sense of humor I got was from my dad and if he was watching this now as soon as it was over he he wouldn't come up to me and say great job he go okay here's where you fucked up. <laughs> Eleven minutes and twenty seconds into it, what the fuck was that? You got to back up, and I'll be going, Jesus Christ! Like he, he was always banging, and you know, uh, after he passed away, I remember at his funeral. That was when I gave the the little obituary, or whatever. I said, you know, as long as I'm alive, he'll never be dead because mm. he he literally, you know, he was he was probably would have won the definitely the bronze for being a dad, but a gold medal for being a mate and and being a great uh, you know sort of influence on it. So I think it gave me a, a love of uh, of comedy and a love of, of, of sense of humor and stuff like that. That's just, you know, a, a lot of Irish people have. It's funny, though. It's like the way, you know, they say, you know, oh, Welsh people, you know, they all sing, you know. And it's true until you find one that fucking can't. Uh, <laughs> and you just put them up on the table at the yeah. pub. Go on, Josie, sing that one. Your mother, you, you know that one, you know. And, the guy up, and he's fucking atrocious. And everybody goes, oh, it's not true. All right, well, moving on. It's the same thing, you know, you, you meet an Irish non-drinker. It just, everybody goes, oh, seriously? Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. And you're like, leave him alone for fuck's sake. He's just trying to get his life back together. Oh. But, it's, but it's just like, the stereotyping follows us all, you know? Right. So it's it, it, this was great. It was fun, fun to do it. And Billy, I mean, I haven't seen Billy in so long brilliant brilliant part of this band's early day career uh, uh was a great friend was with us was always a fucking funny bastard and uh 
and I'm delighted that part of this is that I, I reconnected with Billy too. So it's uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. He's a great, great dude, and we uh, we get we work together really well. And so, as I like to say, you say, "Will I be back again?" I say, "Whether you fucking like it or not." <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you so fucking much, dude. That this Thanks was so an many, absolute boys. blast. Yep, Brilliant. take care, man. We'll see you Thanks again. So Good luck. Dystopia tonight.